TalkZone.com Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet light-hearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Here we do welcome you to a Tuesday edition of the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful, if not uh, slightly cool and sunny day here in the fine city of Chicago. Of course, Big Dog, uh, and again, it's the Big Dog and the coach at your service right up until 11 o'clock. Big Dog, i got to remind you that uh, as opposed to the radio now, via the webcast, your voice, your opinions, your thoughts, and sometimes your bad guess can be heard in seven different continents and also parts of uh, Glen Ellen and Naperville as well. Hopefully I don't give any of these continents incontinence. No. As, as we said before, I think it was uh, was it Brian Bauer, a guy who used to work with us, uh, thank God working with you, that there's no such thing as scratch and sniff radio. This is true, Coach. That would not be a good thing. How are you, Big Dog? We always uh, worry about you over the weekend. I know the weekend has passed, but uh, I've said many times before, first I look at the obituaries. Second, I look at the crime report, and if I don't see your name in either of those two categories, I figure all is well and good. Well, uh, hopefully one day you'll be able to see me in transactions, like so-and-so got a job. That would be very good, Coach. Okay. I just don't want to see, you know, like released. You Under transactions, you want to be under the activated, not released. Well, yeah, you know, it's, uh, I can't be released yet. Yeah, it's I hard. have a job in order to get released. That is true. What came first, the chicken or the egg? And, uh, again, for the new listeners out there, the big dog, uh, it's not that you, you've had many, many jobs over the years. It's just a matter of sticking with one and finding your true love and your true passion. I mean, in the years I've been with you, you've gone everything from uh, shoe salesman to the stars. That was yeah. where, Nike Town or... Nordstrom's. Both Nike Town and Nordstrom. Yeah, we used to have a segment, Dave, on our radio program. We call it um, uh, Close Encounters of a Shoe Cut. And it was actually very interesting because you could, correct me if I'm wrong, but, but you could really look into the character and into the personality of uh, certain people, in this case many stars, by how they treated a nondescript shoe salesman as yourself. It was quite telling, was it not? Uh, yeah, I would definitely think so, Coach, considering that uh... – you know, all the years I had to deal with, like, athletes, and some of them were absolutely great to me, and mm-hmm. others were, uh, how do you say, extremely rude yep. is the best way to put it. So uh, I, I had many stories about the, the Raymond Harris's of the world, Big Jerk, and uh, then a few other guys that were absolutely Ugh. fantastic, like Tony Gwynn. You know, so. Ex-Chicago Bear Raymond Harris, one of my favorite underrated, understated bears, not a nice guy to the shoe guy. Oh, no, no never. That's very discouraging. Yeah, it, it, it was, and uh, so... The beautiful thing was people at Nike Town would always come and get me if somebody was being rude. Because mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, aren't you in the middle of like a two for 27 slump? Why are you? you know, I would do something like that because <laughs> I would know the stats. <laughs> and they like their teammates would look and laugh because they would know this guy's acting like a jerk. When I worked at Nordstrom, I didn't have the leeway to do uh-huh. that. Because no matter what, like people would come in, you know, with a knife and cut you. And you're supposed to be like, oh, thank you, sir. May I have another? You know, that's, it was a little different at Nordstrom. Uh-huh. So, uh, but yeah, Nike Town, I had a little bit more leeway to do whatever the heck I wanted. So. I know you're still a uh, single man, uh, you know, dating some of the various women, occasionally some of the various single guys in the city of Chicago. What? Are you a, 
foot guy? Are there any uh, uh, people you sold shoes to that had particularly attractive feet that you'd like to mention here on the two guys at a mic show? Scintillating you know, Sports Talk Radio, by the way. Uh, by the way, I, I have seen Michelle Kwan in a. She tried out a bikini. And really? She came out. She's like, "Does this look good?" I'm like, "I, I don't think so." I want to try another one. She tried on a bikini at a shoe store. Well, I worked at Nike Town, Coach. I thought you were in the shoe department. Uh, yeah, I worked. I, I we also in the women's running section, which I, I worked in for about ah, four years. Okay. I have no idea why they had me in women's running, but that's I was a, not complaining. That's, that's, that's the that's, best place that I could. Hey. How you doing? Now, that's a whole other area. David Olson, our producer, by the way, uh, David Olson holding us uh, hopefully, hopefully to the straight and narrow on today's show as we get sidetracked early and often. Don't worry, folks, we're going to get into a White Sox Twins big three game series coming up. It's Residue Tuesday today, big dog. So we'll bring up some of the items from the weekend in a one hour sports show. We don't get to everything. So there is still some items and people that didn't hear yesterday's show, you want to comment on some of the weekend activities, i.e. PGA golf controversy and bear exhibition opener. You can do that. Our phone lines will be open here at 888-463-6748. But right now we get the scintillating inside edition of Joel Rudwanski, the big dog. I never knew that you actually worked in the women's running section in Nike Town. That's both shocking and actually somewhat amusing. Well, yeah, I mean, I've worked in that section for pretty much 80% of the time that I was there, which is, uh, but, you know, I, I really like that section because the behemoths weren't coming in that particular room. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we also, for some reason, they had the, the, the women's bikinis in that particular section. Interesting. In the so, running section. Yes, and you know Michelle Kwan came in, and I was like, oh my "Actually, God, the Michelle women's bi- the women's bikini should be in the men's running section." <laughs> All right, go ahead. I want to hear about Michelle Kwan. Yeah, and you know she tried out a bikini. Okay, coach. She's what? like, "Oh, I, I." She's like, "I'm actually going to the beach today. And I didn't, I didn't have my bikini. I'm like, aren't you from like California? <laughs> Didn't you carry one with you?" She's like, "I didn't know Chicago had such a nice beach." So she comes out and she's like, does this look all right? I mean, I'm not kidding you, Coach. And I was like, oh, oh. no, you might want to try it a different size. And she came out again. I was like, hey, you might want to try it another <laughs> one. She's like, yeah, I think so, too. Oh, she, like, did not, she did not know you, but, boy, was she asking, depending on your point of view, either the right person or the wrong person. Oh, it was, I was definitely the wrong person. And then she yeah. came out, which is funny. The reason why you said speak. Because, you know, I don't know what it is. I always thought Michelle Kwan was one of the most beautiful women around. Yes. And she came out and she tried some shoes on and she had like sandals on i looked down her feet were jacked up and then later i i have dated a uh, a figure skater since and her feet were jacked up and she told me it was just wearing those boots and doing all like those jumps and stuff really uh-huh. matches and mangles up your feet wow so, like michelle coin who i am kind of a foot guy i have to admit if a woman uh-huh. has nice feet i know you're not coach but I kind of well. I, I, I think you're confusing my foot guy with my with the high heels discussion that we oh, we okay. had a while back. The high okay. heels do absolutely nothing for me. I can't quite figure out why women would wear high heels. It looks like the most uncomfortable thing this side of uh, getting kicked in the groinal region. So the feet I find attractive. The high heels never did it for me. But I know you're a high heel guy. Yeah, I, for some reason I, I do prefer the high heels. So. I was just kind of, I was set aback a little bit. You know, I was like, <laughs> luckily she tried on the bikini first. Yeah. If I saw the feet first, you know, I really didn't, wasn't, I didn't like make eye contact when it went right down to the feet. You know what I mean? She went in there and started trying stuff on. But I got to tell you something, coach. Without a doubt, one of the sweetest people that ever came into Nike Town. Without really? a doubt. 
Uh-huh. And also, I did appreciate the fact that she tried on three different bikinis for me, so uh-huh. that was awesome. And isn't the uh, isn't Michelle Kwan married to an NHL hockey player? I don't know. Actually, I think that was like a story way back. She ended up dating. Uh-huh. I think she broke up with that dude, and she married some putz that is like a multi-billionaire from Colorado. <laughs> the I'm old, not kidding you. And the, the guy is getting married to a putz who's a multi-millionaire. Multi-billionaire. Multi-billionaire. Oldest trick in the books. Yeah, Oldest so, trick. So I got anybody out there, I, I'm having trouble with women. Go make some money. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and if women are out there who don't like that and think I'm being sexist or whatever, I'm really sorry, but I'm starting to learn that that's happened over and over and over again. By the way, uh, and again, Big Dog is available uh, if anybody is interested. Of course, we screen all the uh, listeners and select only, only the finest. We'll take anybody. Uh, to go out with the Big Dog, you can email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. That's M-I-C in the number two, Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Uh, interestingly, by the way, later in the show, I was going to bring up titillating tidbits and news and notes. There is a figure skater in the news a little bit, and uh, David Olson, our producer, might be able to get more info. But you remember Nicole Bobek? I believe that was her name. Yeah, she was a Chicagoan. And as a matter of fact, I remember while she was trying to become the, the U.S. Uh, mm-hmm. national champion, uh, battling with Michelle Kwan, by the way, she got busted for like retail theft like 15 years ago. For, busted for what? Retail theft. Interesting. While she was like making hundreds of thousands of dollars as a professional or okay. amateur or whatever the heck you so want to call it, apparently the as an Olympic figure skater, she was busted for stealing like uh, like wow. underwear or something like that. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, so apparently, this sweet, blonde-haired, innocent-looking uh, baby darling of the figure skating world, uh, not so innocent. Apparently, are you aware of the recent controversy with her? I have no idea, Coach, but when it comes to figure skating, I can't get enough controversy. <laughs> Thank God you're not working in the running section of Nike Town anymore. You'd probably be going back to my original comment, either in the obituaries or the crime report, but she just got... Uh, she got what, It was actually last summer she got uh, arrested for uh, attempting to sell crystal meth. Christ, crystal meth? Methamphetamine? Oh, not the actress, crystal meth. No, but the no, drug no. crystal meth. Exactly, okay. exactly. Uh, and she was uh, found guilty in June, and then the other day wow. was sentenced to five years probation. Wow. And wow. Or 10 days in the cell with Lindsay Lohan. Exactly, yeah. Ten minutes in the cell with Lindsay Lohan. I could take ten minutes. But uh, And then 2,500 hours of community service. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. You know, that's, they call it uh, redneck crack is what they call crystal meth. <laughs> Coach, it's, it's, no, that's really the name on the street. And, uh, that's legitimately possibly the worst drug in the world. Wow. But you, so you, the, you, you look up her mugshot and see how, like, it just sunken and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, there are websites all over the place where you can see, you know, just type in the the effects of crystal meth. Yeah. And you can see the before and after pictures. And she was the, the, the quintessential figure skater with the you know the beautiful complexion the blonde hair just sweet innocent looking boy that is not not anymore unbelievable <laughs> crystal wow. yeah, what did you call it the redneck redneck crack the that's redneck what it's called by the way you know why rednecks only have driver's ed on monday only can use the cars in driver's ed on monday wednesdays and fridays big deal because on uh tuesdays and thursdays they're using the car for sex education wow you're right on it <laughs> Nicely done. Way to steal my thunder. I, w- 
I went to school in Jacksonville, Illinois, Coach. You just pulled that out or you heard that joke before? No, no, I went to school in Jacksonville, Illinois. Actually, that's, I went, that's where I went to school. All right. So uh, attendance apparently up on Tuesdays and Thursdays, huh? Yeah, without without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> All right, let's get to some sports talk, folks. Two guys and a Mike Big Dog and a coach again at your service right up until 11 o'clock. They only give us an hour a day, Big Dog. One hour a day, five days a week. Five in total, some would argue that's about four more hours than we deserve, but what the heck. 888-463-6748, the phone number, dial it up again. You can email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. That's M-I-C and the number two, Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. First caller of the day, checking in from just north of the border up in Wisconsin. It's caller John, checking in, Big John. John. Bitch, how's it going? And, you know, I wanted to call and, and talk about the controversy with the PGA. Good. Um, I have been on with you when we talk about common sense sports. Thank you. And in this, this is one of these things that this should have been a common sense, and they should have used their common sense when calling this infraction. Let me tell you why. Because if you have to zoom in on video to find out if he really did ground that club, you have taken that too far. If you can't see with the naked eye mm-hmm. in one regular view without having to slow it down, zoom it in, and all that stuff, then you know what? In my opinion, he did not ground that club. Thank you, Wisconsin John. Thank you. You know, and I, I was on your side and railing about it yesterday, and I thought, you know, my thought... My uh, anger towards it would subside a little bit as it headed into Tuesday, Residue Tuesday, here on the Two Guys at a Mike Show. But it has. The more I think about it, the more disgusted I get. And I love the two words you use, common sense. That's all that needs to go into play. you got to have a rule, but Big Dog's going to come at with us. Well, you got to follow the rules if you don't follow it. I understand. you got to have a rule book, but you also have to know when to apply it. And my goodness, that was not the time to do so. Guys, I have no problem with with what you're saying. That does make sense, Coach. There was other parts of the argument that was, that I was definitely a little bit more what do you call it backing. But if if they really did need to go to replay, then that is a joke. What they needed. But here's but big time. Here's here's my issue that I have with it. He could have asked if it was a uh, if it was a bunker to the to the to the rules guy that is with them, couldn't he? I mean, shouldn't he? Well, have you know. Well, big dog, this is my thing. You're on the 72nd hole. You are leading that tournament. You aren't thinking about anything else but trying to make par, at, at the least trying to make par to win this tournament. In Dustin Johnson's case, I actually blame two people. I blame the officials who called that, and every group has a walking official with them. Why didn't the walking official call it then? You know how they found out? A fan called into the clubhouse to the rules committee and said they seen him touch the stand with his club on TV. I believe the fan's name was Mrs. Bubba Watson. <laughs> but also, I blame his caddy. Now, Bubba Watson, if you rewatch the replay, Bubba Watson, Bubba Watson was complaining about a shining of a, a sunlight and people, you know, going in and out of that, which was distracting him right over the ball. His caddy went directly into the crowd to block that sunlight, okay, which takes away from his duties and saying, Bubba, I think we should treat this as a, as a bunker, mm-hmm. and you know, but that wasn't the case. They were more worried about the sunlight, and his caddy should have busted through that crowd and said, whoa, Bubba, back off. Well, we 
should treat this as a bunker. But then again, as I said before, the officials, I mean, this is just a ridiculous call, especially in the PGA Championship, which is just as prestigious Mm -hmm. as the Masters. Yeah, on the final hole. It's it's as meaningful, but it's not as prestigious. No way. The the British Open and then the Masters are well, are uh, well, we're are not the gonna, highest one. That's that we're that's we're gonna get into a whole other argument on that one. Let's stick to the point here, and I completely agree. By the way, you want to comment on uh, it happened on Sunday? People still talking about it. The controversy in golf. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. By the way, as a sideline, poor Martin Kamer, the guy for the young kid from Germany, very nice guy, finally wins his first major. Nobody's talking about Martin Kamer. It's all about the controversy with Dustin Johnson. But, uh, John, not only the caddy, you talk about the distractions. What the hell was the crowd doing so close to Dustin Johnson? First, when he came to look for the ball, there's like a thousand people around him. It's like, yep. isn't there any yep. of the, what I call the shh people, the security people? None of the shush people were back in the crowd. And even when he was going to hit the ball, I have never, in, in Wisconsin, John, we've talked to you before, you've watched a lot more golf than I have. I have never seen the crowd that close to a guy hitting a ball off the fairway. Well, I will tell you this. Yes, there are responsibilities when they what they call marshals out there that try and Shh. give separation so that the golfer can hit the ball and have room. Um, it's also up to the caddy and the golfer to, to determine how much room they need. And if it was me, I would have backed everybody up and not allowed anybody on the other side near the fairway because he had an alley, and that alley should have been eliminated by backing everybody up Mm -hmm. to the right of him and not have anybody behind his shot. And that's that's another mistake. But, again, you know, Coach, no matter what they have done here, is they need to determine what is considered waste bunkers and also what is the golf course and the PGA allowing fans to stand in these waste bunkers for. If that's the case, mark those areas as ground under repair or allow the golfer to have that area raked as his ball gets Mm -hmm. land in there. And that wasn't the case in this. And, you know, they showed that after so many times. And i got to tell you, Coach, if I'm a golfer, I would have never, never thought that was a bunker. I thought that was a worn-down area with some grass around it, but that that area is not that big. It was only like a size of a of a sewer yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah, but big, big, big John, they were told beforehand that there's there's 1,048 bunkers that are in play on this particular golf course, and some of them get walked on. So the, the that, golfers knew beforehand, and I understand what you're saying. Maybe it's wrong, but they knew. So he should have known not to ground his club. And yeah, he should. I'm a little upset and, that he wasn't told. It should. They shouldn't have to go to replay with that. I do agree with you that the rule that should be the, the guy does not see it out on the course. You shouldn't have to go back to mm-hmm. instant replay. And I do agree with you on that point. But if he grounded his club and it was caught by the guy, the rules guy, it should have been violation at that point. They shouldn't have to go back because then again, they should probably look at every single. Uh, swing of every single guy on replay then because I'm sure there was other rules and practices. Or, or even if they if they looked at the replay and they saw him like sweeping away some of the sand, you know, you've heard me say this before, you know, rules, the key to 
whether you follow the rule or not is advantage gain. Where do you use common sense versus the technical rule? If you watched on the replay and you saw that, you know, he swiped away some of the sand, got himself a better angle with the ball, maybe. Maybe you call the two-stroke penalty. Here, he was just dipping the old stick into the sand. It barely touched. No advantage gained. Uh, caller John, Wisconsin John, you're exactly right. Common sense should have prevailed. Who knows if he would have won, but Dustin Johnson should have gotten a playoff chance to win his first ever major tournament. And, and by the way, kudos to Dustin Johnson on how he handled yes. this whole situation in the press conference and everything else. That just shows you another example why this is a gentleman's sport, golf I'm talking about, mm-hmm. and kudos to him for not ripping the PGA, as he could have. He very, very upset and yep. well-founded that he was upset. No question about it. Hey, Wisconsin, John, great call. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's still lingering with many of the sports fans, the golf fans out there. So we uh, appreciate the call. Be good and stay out of trouble, okay? Thank you, Coach. Great show. <laughs> Cart that up, David. We don't get that very often. Oh, goodness. Big dog, what can you say? Uh, Wisconsin John checking in again. People want to uh, comment on that. We're more than willing to take some calls on the PGA Golf Controversy. 888-463-6748. Very quickly, dog, you and me uh, had a chance to play golf. What was it, last week? Yeah, it it, it, it feels like yesterday, Coach. Oh, is that horrible? Yeah, it was. So that, that, that sport is ridiculously difficult. Yeah, well, for the two of us, uh, for me, it was the first time playing in four years. And for you, you said that was your first time golfing in how long? That was uh, the second time I've golfed since 1995. I golfed last year in the tournament. <laughs> okay, I, I didn't do Actually, I played a lot better last year. Second. And, uh, and then before that, the last time I played was on the TPC at Sawgrass in Jacksonville. Yeah. Goodness. So I actually played on the championship course, and I actually played pretty well that day, believe it or not. So for so you, it's, it's all, for how I play, I hit the ball pretty straight. <laughs> it's all about, uh, for you, apparently, it's all about quality, not quantity. You've only played two times in the last 15 years. I thought I was a non-golfer. That's unbelievable. Yeah, but of the I, two times, yeah. you played a beautiful Popper Creek course in Hoffman Estates and Sawgrass, two of the finest golf courses around. Yeah, I've also played at the, the Canyon course down in Tucson, Arizona. Okay. I've played in... Uh, the number one rated public golf course in America at wow. the time, which was in Jacksonville, Illinois. Okay. And I'm trying to think there was like one other really, really nice one that I that mm-hmm. I played at. Yeah. So I, I haven't played at a lot of golf courses, but I've played at golf courses that guys that have played their whole entire lives have not played at. You know, mm-hmm. like and they're like I've told them they're like, Are you serious you must play that? No, I've played <laughs> seven times in my entire life. Uh, and they, they they get these people it gets them upset, coach. I'm not sure whose footwear was better, either my black gym shoes versus your sandals. It, it was a, yeah. it was close competition. Well, yeah, people were looking at us. But I was like, come on, yeah. come on, you, we're here to have a good time. Yeah. Okay, I'm actually here for the Bloody Marys, but they weren't here this year. That was that was you know we got to take a break here, but the fact that the Bloody Mary girl was not on duty, I can't tell you the extreme disappointment that I felt. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Big dog, when we come back, can we talk a little Minnesota Twins, White Sox, talk a little baseball here, big three-game series, your beloved Cubs. Two-game win streak is over. We'll talk about some of the other MLB games. Baseball fans, we'll do a segment right for you. Uh, you want to comment on your favorite team, give us a call, 888-463-6748. Big dog and the coach, back in about 46 seconds. Don't go anywhere.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Not sure, big dog, but possibly one of the top ten torture methods at the Guantanamo prison. Might be listening to that music that David Olson just played for like... We heard it for, what, about 35 seconds? Could you imagine, like, two hours straight in a closed room listening to that? Oh, bitch, bitch, bitch. <laughs> oh, goodness. Welcome back. Two guys at a mic. TalkZone.com. Big Dog and a Coach at your service. Day off yesterday. Big series coming up. The White Sox at Minnesota. My question to you yesterday, Big Dog, is the White Sox have fallen. My question is, are they going to get up? Clap, clap, clap. Um. I would certainly hope so, Coach. I mean, I really didn't believe Ozzie Guillen yesterday when he was talking about, oh, it's a lack of energy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why he would say something like that. I didn't see it as a lack of energy. I saw it as a lack of execution. I, they will definitely be up, quote-unquote, for the series. This is hopefully they play properly. That's the best thing that, that about, they could do. How about instead of energy, maybe when Ozzie Guillen was talking about it, and not that I watched every one of the games, but the little bit that I did watch, how about their loss of their edge? When they hit their losing streak and played bad first couple of months of the season, I think the White Sox players, Ozzie Guillen, Joey Cora, the coaching staff, I, th- I think they all knew they were a better team. And, and and once they started winning, they played with an edge, something to prove. And I think, uh, you know, they had an unbelievable, what, close to eight-week period of baseball. Maybe, see if you're with me here, Big Dog, it wasn't loss of energy, but they lost that edge a little bit that, uh, you know, we're down, and we know we're better than that. We're going to come back. Maybe they got a little bit, not a lot, but just a little bit comfortable being up at the top and forgot that you need that extra edge, that sense of urgency to compete at the highest level. No, and no, I'm going to have to totally disagree with you. I think the thing that they lost was Jake Peavy, and uh, yep. they lost the fact that Freddie Garcia is no longer yep. locating his pitches, and they also well, he lost is Bobby Jenks. Freddie I, Garcia. I'm going to have to say that the, the injuries have are, are what they lost. Yep. I don't think it's Okay. Anything mental at all, Coach. It's a good point. Good point. You put J.J. Putz uh, in that category as well. By the way, Freddie Garcia is locating his pitches. Unfortunately, the location is way higher, way outside. But he's still uh, located. Yeah. yeah, and way high as in like Beltai and outside as in outside the ballpark <laughs> is where it lands. <laughs> Let's hope he yeah. can come back. But your point is well taken. All the psychological stuff is fine and dandy. But uh, injuries and, and uh, player production, no question about it. The key right now. It's interesting, one of the strengths of the team, the bullpen, which at, at one point one could argue was maybe the best in baseball, certainly one of the best, all of a sudden has uh, fallen apart. I think that's the safest way you can put it. So a strength has become a weakness, and obviously that will need to turn around, and it needs to turn around probably tonight. Yeah, and, and I realize that the bullpen pitches, uh, what, about a third of your innings? I mean, the, the starting pitching usually pitches about uh, – you know, six innings and the yep. bullpen comes in for about three. Mm-hmm. But they're usually the most important innings of the game, you know. So it, it's really important that they get that straightened out. And, and we both ripped Freddie Garcia a little bit. But let's, let's face it, if it wasn't for Freddie Garcia for the first uh, 100 games mm-hmm. of, of this season, the White Sox would have already been eliminated. They would have traded Paul Konerko. They would have traded Carlos Quinton. This season would have been over already because they'd be – Six, seven games worse right now, and you know, you know what I'm saying, Coach. So even though we did rip Freddie Garcia for the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks, 
he's been a major part. And the reason why this all, another reason why the team has been a major part, uh, another major part of this team, like you said, has been the bullpen. So if they get that back, Coach, I don't know if they're going to get Freddie Garcia back, but if the bullpen starts pitching well again, all of a sudden we'll say, hey, they got that edge. It's because they'll be winning games 3-2 to two instead of taking 3-2 leads into the eighth and losing 7-3. to three, You know, so... Mm-hmm. Three that, straight, that's going to be the issue. Three straight at uh, Minnesota. You got Johnny Danks going up against uh, Scott Baker tonight. Tomorrow, Gavin Floyd, Francisco Liriano. That's a pretty good pitching matchup right there. A yeah. couple of veterans. The final uh, day of the series, Mark Burley going up against Carl Pavano. So a uh, good ball game. Uh, real quick, Big Dog, tell our listeners, Ronnie Santo, a little bit about Minnesota pitcher tonight, Scott Baker. Uh, Scott Baker, uh, he, he uh, likes to work uh, quickly, Coach. Really? Uh, and uh uh, let me, he likes to keep the ball down in the zone. Interesting. And uh, he likes to uh, uh, get ahead in the count. Oh, shocking. Yeah, and he, uh, he he likes to keep the hitters off balance. Thank you. Thank you, Ron Santa. That's the same thing he said about the last 47 pitchers, but it sounds good. Yes, it does. Good. It sounds good indeed. Scotty Baker, John Danks, White Sox, Minnesota. We're three back right now. Uh, take a two out of three, probably the number one goal, big dog. A sweep would be too much. By the way, Minnesota at target field. So much for losing the Metrodome uh, home edge. I believe their record, what, 36 and 20 at their brand new ballpark? Yeah, they, it is funny is, uh, Joe Maurer doesn't have a home run at home yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Justin Morneau wasn't hitting at home either, but all of a sudden this team has just been awesome at home. So they're just figuring out ways to win. And, and the, the first point of a good team is you have to dominate at home. I, I really, I do believe that coach. When you're talking about the way you win, obviously pitching and defense and clutch hitting is how you win everywhere. But if you want to be a great team, you have to take care of your home game. Mm-hmm. And the Twins have continued to do that. And they've taken care of the White Sox, too. What is it, seven of the last eight? We all know over the last three, four, five, six, seven years, the Twins, uh, more often than not, have had the White Sox number. Again, baseball fans, you want to check in. If you're listening from a city uh, outside the Chicago area, more than happy to talk about your particular Major League Baseball team. It's mid-August. Uh, I don't know if we're heading down the stretch of the baseball season, but if we could liken it to a horse race, Big Dog, we are, would you say we're rounding the turn ready to head into the stretch? Pretty interesting time right now. Would that be a fair acronym, anonym, or whatever synonym it might be? Oh, absolutely, because we're talking about the final fourth of the season. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely it's right about to hit that, that right. final stretch. 888, let me just throw the phone number out real quick, 888-463-6748 if you want to talk some baseball with the coach, and God forbid the big dog as well. I mean, this is a huge series for the White Sox. They can't win the division here. Yep. But just say they get swept, they're six games back. They, I'm a, I wouldn't exactly start putting a fork in them. Mm-hmm. Coach, but I would definitely start, uh, you know, tenderizing the meat. They would be just about done at that point. Uh-huh. So, I mean, in, in a sense, it's almost a do um, or die. Yeah, well, in it or die. It's almost like a no-win situation at best. You're in the race with Minnesota. Minnesota's probably going to have a slight edge. The worst-case scenario, it's over. It's all over, right? Uh-huh. If, they, if they get swept six games out, so in a sense, it's kind of a. Uh, the opposite of the cake or cake with ice cream situation. Uh, that, that's exactly what they're dealing with right now. But you know, the the, the thing is, just say you know, so I doubt they're going to go into the target field and actually sweep. Uh-huh. But if they do, they will have all the momentum, and the next thing you know, that's you know, they get the psychological psychological edge back. All yep. those things we were talking about. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a huge series, biggest series in Chicago baseball all year. Mm-hmm. All right, let me let me uh, test your baseball acumen. 
using the horse race analogy. Typically, when they go around the turn, ready to head into the stretch, you will typically hear an announcer say, and here comes, you know, horse number five, spinning out of the turn. Here comes Grandma's Hope. There's usually that one horse that all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying, makes its move around the bend. So my question to you, Big, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Which baseball team that might be a little bit behind right now is spinning out of the turn, ready to head into the home stretch and maybe catch a favorite team? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but who is the team right now that that horse uh, race announcer would be calling, and here he comes, spinning out of the turn? Yeah, well, uh, to be honest with you, I really like all the teams in first place right now around Major League Baseball. Well, you're no fun. But but, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies? And the San Francisco Giants are the two teams that have the best chance mm-hmm. of uh, Giants catching the Padres and the the Phillies catching the the Atlanta Braves. Because let's face it, the Phillies seem like they're having an absolutely horrid season. They're only two games out, and pretty soon Chase Utley and Ryan Howard get thrown back onto the roster, and uh, and Jamie Moyer. Mm-hmm. They're going to get three really, really productive, two extremely productive players back in their lineup. Uh, so the, the the point is, yeah, I, I really do think that those two can yeah. do it. But I, and, I just, but I, I have to admit, though, the Padres they have great relief pitching. They have good starting pitching. Mm-hmm. They, they they catch the ball, so the, the, it's going to be tough for the Giants to catch them. And the same with the Braves. The Braves are a quality team. So yeah, they so won a ball game so yesterday. What did they win? Uh, came back with. Three runs in the ninth inning, beat L.A. 4-3. to three. Bobby Cox getting it done again. The managerial magic of the veteran guy who will be retiring this year, but uh, L.A. is leading 3-1. to one. I think the second consecutive blown save. I'm not sure if it was Jonathan Broxton or not, but Braves score three in the ninth. My guy, uh, big dog, Melky Cabrera. If I ever had a third son, right now I've got a Kevin and David. Third son would have been named Melky. You know what? Alki Cabrera does all the little things right, Coach. Yeah, he did a lot of big things right yesterday. Got a base hit, brought in two runs, part of that three-run ninth, and they uh, I think there was a walk-off single to win the game. Huge win for the Atlanta Braves. Melky Cabrera. Went the other way with an outside pitch, just the way you're supposed to, and mm-hmm. ends up uh, finding a hole. So it's all good. Yeah. Now, the only thing I question in the spinning out of the turn analogy is the Philadelphia Phillies, They, I don't know if they're spinning. They've spun. I mean, didn't they hit a streak recently where they won like 15 out of 17, 13 out of 15? So yeah, they did have they did have a nice streak, but they're yeah. still too good. You asked me who's somebody from behind that can catch the team in front of them. Mm-hmm. I, out of all the teams in baseball, the, the Rays. I'm not I'm not I'm not including the Rays or the Yankees or the the Cardinals or the Reds for the simple fact that whoever doesn't win those two divisions, the American League East or the National League Central, is going to get the wild card. So I was mm-hmm. looking at the other four divisions in baseball. Okay, and yeah. the. The Rangers are not going to get caught by the Angels, and it looks like the Angels are finally going to be on the outside looking in. Uh, uh, maybe. They're, they're eight games behind, Coach. I understand that. I understand that. Typic- typically, at this, Mike Sosha is the manager. Mike Sosha is the magician. He is David Copperfield. Now, this would be his biggest pull-a-trick out of the hat that he's ever pulled, but uh, see, that, that would be a team. When I was looking for spinning out of the turn, I was ma- I was looking for a horse making a big run. And that would be a team, the Anaheim Angels. I know everybody says Texas looks like this is going to be the year. more everybody says that, the more I think the Angels might. I don't know if they're going to catch Texas, catch Texas, but I think they got one run left in them. And that's probably I, They're bait. not going to be able to do a coach. Texas is really good this year. Texas, 
has had a lot of great lineups and that they've won the division a bunch of times in mm-hmm. the late 90s. And they did it with Juan Gonzalez and Avran Rodriguez. And it just is Rusty Greer, just awesome lineups, Coach. <laughs> Rusty Greer. Well, no, Rusty Greer had the highest batting average ever of a guy that never made the All-Star team. Did you know that? Uh, it's unbelievable. Never made an All-Star team. That's an amazing bit of trivia. I did not know that. I'm not sure I wanted to know that. But uh, now I know it. Thank you. Well, I'll just, I'll just throw it out there. And I think he's part of your tribe, Coach. <laughs> Sorry. Just, but, uh, the other thing I throw out there. Yeah, but thank this you. year, Tommy Hunter, Colby Lewis, and I want to let's admit it, I said C.J. Wilson was going to fold and be horrible. He's actually been a very good starter for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, they also have a guy by the name of Cliff Lee. They've ne- got the never starter heard of him. The Angels are not catching them, Coach. Cliff, Cliff who? Lee, as nice. Bruce Lee's little brother. Overrated. <laughs> oh, goodness. I got a little Philadelphia love going for me now, though. Their streak has turned me on to the Phillies. It's a little serious, Big Dog. I had another one of my dreams as we head into a break here. David Olson Uh-oh. will be back. Uh, uh, woke up yesterday at about 3 o'clock in the morning, Big Dog. Looked over. My wife couldn't go back to sleep. She looked just a little bit like Philadelphia Phillies center fielder Shane Victorina. That's not so bad, Coach. No. Nope. I tried to go for a diving catch, but... Uh, the ball fell in for a bloop single. What can I tell you? The flying Hawaiian, Coach. <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break. Big dog and a coach. We'll get to some news and no titillating tidbits. Maybe a little sports guys talk politics as well. David Olson, our producer, Dave, says time to take a break. You never argue. You never argue with the hitman, David Olson. Back in a minute. to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. And we do welcome you back. Two Guys and a Mic, TalkZone.com. Got a couple issues in the sports guys talk politics category. The big dog, real quick, I would be remiss if I did not bring up your favorite sport, my friend, uh, not here to talk so much exhibition football. Any Bears fans out there, NFL fans, you want to comment on your team's opening game, uh, we can do that. Not all that excited about it, but we can do that at 888-463-6748. Bears, by the way, looking for a potential veteran quarterback as a backup. But Big Dog College Football is sneaking into the horizon. A lot of teams, including your beloved Illinois and Northwestern, holding their first couple of practices. you got to love the fact college football, my friend, is on the horizon. Oh, absolutely, Coach. And as a diehard Illinois fan, all I can say this year is go Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really worried about Illinois. I, I, I don't want to sit here and bash that team. But yeah, it's right around the corner, college football, and uh, it should be an extremely exciting season on so many particular fronts because Alabama is predicted to be the national champion this year, and they should be all right. First, first time in recent memory that we've got a clear – clear favorite to be national champs 
No way, Coach. I couldn't disagree with you more. Who in, who There's no recent... way Alabama wins the national title this year. Well, but uh, you, that may be your expert prediction. I appreciate it, and I uh, am a big fan of your, not not only knowledge, but your intuition on college football. But despite your lack of uh, confidence in them, Alabama is the clear expert's favorite to win the national championship this year. And in recent memory, I can't remember a team that has stood out, at least in the last three, four years. I... I... You know what, Coach? I got to be honest with you. I, I can't disagree more with that particular uh, uh, well, outlook of it. I mean, I, I really think Alabama does have a chat, shot to win it, especially when you consider they got everybody back on offense. But they lost everyone on defense. They lost nine of eleven starters on defense, mm-hmm. and and they lost Sergio McLean, who's or Rolando McLean, who is uh, like they're without a doubt one of the best leaders ever. I. I I, when I see Alabama pick as number one, I'm like, oh, they're defending champs. That's why they put them up there. And I was like, well, and I'm just waiting for them uh, to lose. But then again, you know, Nick Saban is one of the best coaches ever. I'm not yeah, kidding you. Just, when, uh, just when it ask comes to Nick Saban. Football. Yeah. All you got to so do is they, ask Nick Saban himself. But the point I'm trying to make is, uh, would you agree the preseason magazines, the ESPNs of the world? Uh, they the all national, have Alabama the, number yes. one. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's, I guess it was back to uh, – Oh five, when everybody just assumed USC was going to win the national championship okay. that year. Okay, that that's probably the last There's... time there was such yeah. a unanimous and clear cut number mm-hmm. one going into a season. Uh, you... I guess throughout all the books. But you are here to tell us that uh, not so fast. They may not be the consensus. Uh, or may not be the most talented team. We all know it all starts with defense, and that could be. A weakness, on the other hand, I'm sure Alabama's got plenty of high school All-Americans from a couple of years ago ready to plug into key spots. Oh, absolutely, and that's that's what I'm waiting to see. That's But I, I need to see it first. And I do know this, they will be coached up because Nick Saban can get it done. He definitely can get it done. But if you if you look at Ohio State, if they beat Miami, yep. and the, the only game that they have after that, I mean, of course they have to end up beating Penn State and they'll have to beat Michigan, but at Iowa, is the toughest game of the year. If you think about what Iowa, Iowa has a shot at it too because their toughest games all seem to be at home too. Yep. Uh, there's a, Nebraska. Excuse me. Uh, Texas has a legitimate shot. Oklahoma has a legitimate shot. Those whoever wins the Texas Oklahoma shot game will have a very very legitimate shot at winning the national title. So I think the uh, uh, Iowa Hawkeyes preseason top ten right behind Ohio State when we talk the. Uh, Big Ten teams. Penn State has dropped off the table, at least as far as preseason prediction. Michigan has just uh, dropped off the table, period. Moment of silence for the Big Blue. Okay, okay that's long enough. Uh, now, yeah. just real quick, and again, college football fans, you want to check in. Just a couple of minutes on college football here. We don't want to start breaking it down too much. 888-463-6748. If you are as excited as we are about football starting, NFL, of course, as well. Um your Illinois team that you love so much, you, you made a little joke about it. Illinois is picked right near the bottom of the Big Ten. Is it possible, dog? The last three years under Ron Zook, expectations have been pretty good, if not great, and they've been a major disappointment this year. Expectations are for nil. Maybe they reverse the curse, and maybe this is the year they finally uh, play some winning football. Yeah, that would be really nice because uh, in, in 07, the last time they had a, a winning season, they went to the Rose Bowl that year, but they had Richard Mendenhall. They had, uh, you know, Juice Williams was actually taking care of the football. And by by that, what I meant was 
if people weren't open, he ran with it, and all of a sudden he tried to become a throwing quarterback when he should have always just stuck with being a running quarterback. <laughs> they they tackled that year. Well, you know, with this year, you know, maybe they'll take care of the football with with the quarterback that uh, Waylon Hurst or whatever the heck his name is. Hopefully, you know, he, he can actually take care of the the football. And I got to tell you something, Coach. Well, their running back is Lashawn. Mikel Lashore. Yeah, there you go. He is a stud. Is it uh, Michael, Mikhail, or Mikhail? Mikkel, Mikkel, Michael, whatever. Whatever. M I C A E L. M I C K E Y. Okay. But you uh, like him? Oh no, I love the kid. Okay. Coach. That guy is an NFL running back. Wow. If you don't believe me, watch him. He, mm-hmm. At worst, he will go in the third round. Well, that kid just runs over people. And around them. If you've looked so. in the past, Illinois has had NFL running backs. The only problem is when they're at Illinois under Ron Zook, they never get any playing time, i.e. Oh, C. Pierre Thomas. Oh, and, and, Coach, you knew, but you remember when I would just completely just hammer Zook. Yep. Why are they? do they keep giving the ball to E.B. Halsey? <laughs> remember, I would just – it would like, yep. why did Illinois lose? Well, E.B. Halsey had 25 carries and Pierre Thomas had four. Mm-hmm. It, would, it would be like that. And yeah. all of a sudden – you know, the, the Pierre Thomas gets a free agent uh, deal with uh, the New Orleans Saints, and five games into his rookie year, he's a starter. Yep. You know, that, that doesn't make any sense, Coach. It's happened with some of their wide receivers, too. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yep. Uh, like, uh, you know, the, Brandon Lloyd is starting being horrible at Illinois, while uh, Walter Young, you mm-hmm. know, is sitting on the bench. Aaron Moorhead is sitting on the bench. Who's still in the NFL nowadays? Both mm-hmm. of those guys. Greg Lewis sitting on the bench for Illinois. But, uh you know, he's a, he's playing in the NFL. That's something I never understood that yeah, coach. Yeah, the Bears have had the same problem. It's called evaluating your personnel. It's been a problem with our fighting Atlanta. It's been a problem with the Bears under uh, Dick Duran and certainly under uh, Lovey Smith. It, sometimes the, you hate to say the fans can see it better than the coaches. Sometimes I think the coaches are so wrapped up into it. It's kind of clear to us on the outside, but the people on the inside can't see it. Maybe it has to do with navy and orange jerseys. I don't know, but player evaluation, very simply put, has been a problem for both Illinois and the Bears. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny because like in the 1980s, the late 70s, early 80s, the Bears drafted so phenomenally well, and they got rid of bums. And it seemed like the, the Bears always had one of the best rosters in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You can disagree, whatever, but I'm saying it is the truth. The Bears, if you the Bears one through seven, their their draft picks would end up being like, wow, all these guys are good. They all could play, you know. And it just doesn't seem the way that way anymore. And you're right, and they keep on going with guys that 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 are on the roster that start, who the backup is better than them, but. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do know one thing. Their third-round pick, Major Wright, was a definitely – he was a Major Wright pick is the best yep. way to put it. Yep. So uh, they, they do get it right every once in a while. I'm not going to say they always get it wrong. There's just a few instances where like, they have they put Kyle Orton on the bench for basically four years and keep starting Rex Grossman. How that mm-hmm. happened, I will never figure that one out. Though. By the way, did I read correctly, almost spilled my uh, Sunday coffee. Did I read correctly? Maybe I was dreaming this, but Rex Grossman, now the backup, the number one backup for a particular NFL team, and now I'm forgetting who it is, but I think Rex is up to, uh, you know, the number two guy in an NFL team. I thought he well, was. He was, he was the, he was the backup last year for Matt Schwab in, in, uh, Houston, Texas. The number two guy. 
He was last year, so he right. played last year. So he's 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 working his way up. He's not disappearing as many thought. He, he played and got injured, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Last you're year, you're exactly okay. right. Yeah. Uh, you're exactly right, Dave. And before the injury, he play, he threw like eight passes. He had one fumble and an interception. So lucky for him, he got injured. So now <laughs> he's still going to get a paycheck this season. The worst thing that could have happened for uh, Rex Grossman was he that he didn't get hurt, he would have continued to play because he would have been out of the NFL by now. Mm-hmm. So you would call that a fortunate injury for uh, Rex Arelli? Absolutely. Very That's good. like there's some people like when, when Jamarcus Russell held out, remember I was saying he was the smartest dude in the world because the last thing he wants <laughs> is to actually get into camp to find out how, <laughs> how abysmal he was. Uh, sometimes ignorance is bliss, right? What you can't see, what you can't get is sometimes better than the actual thing. Absolutely. Certainly the case of Rex Grossman. All right, we'll talk some football, college football. you got a favorite team out there, folks. We are always 24-7, round the clock, round the entire year, ready to talk college football. I could throw that same thing in for college basketball with the big dog and the coach. 888-463-6748, the phone number dog. Real quick, if you're in the mood for it, now feel free to tell me no, but I thought we'd throw in a quick sports guys talk politics. Could we do that? Oh, feel, I feel free, Coach. Right. I'm not sure where you're going with this particular one. but well, either I'll am more, I. But... I'll be more than willing to bash them socialists. That... <laughs> That's part of the fun of the show. By the way, Dave, we need some two, uh, We need some sports guys talk politics like bumpers or open or music. We need a, like a to transition from sports to sports guys talk politics. We need something. We'll work on that in our fine production department, which has lost all five interns that we're once working for. Basically, uh, Joel... Right now, it is David Olson standing on an island unto himself. That is our production department. Do you know what it is? I don't think they give them enough smoke breaks over there at the at uh, TalkZone.com. Yeah, you need to come by and check out the studios here. He's, you know, David's got beautiful studios, got all the high technology, unbelievable amount of wires and and uh, screens and the latest in technology. I don't know if he knows how to use it, but he's got all the latest in technology. It's very impressive. Yes, Dave. You want a theme? Yes. You want the theme? Okay, here. Yeah. <laughs> best I could do on short notice. <laughs> okay. that, that's pretty, that pretty much sums it up right there, Coach. Yeah, it does. It does. He's the best in the biz, or at least the uh, best that our limited budget can afford here at thetalkzone.com. I kid him, of course, David Olson, a tremendous, tremendous individual i have to say that or i might not be doing tomorrow's show all right two items to bring up with you big dog uh one is the mosque that is uh, potentially going to be built right near ground zero in fine new york city and two this whole gay marriage thing that is going back and forth in california it's a weird analogy but i'm going to like it to the dustin johnson pga controversy the more that this gay marriage quote-unquote controversy sinks in the more Upset, I get with the whole thing, and I'll state my case in just a second. But yesterday, apparently a federal court's, like three people that sit on the federal court bureau, overturned what the federal judge had said a week ago. I don't know how closely you follow this, Big Dog. The federal judge a week ago had overturned what the voters had voted on, and that was a ban on gay marriage. So we now have the overturning of an overturn as the cycle continues. Again, this is in the state of California. But uh, your thoughts real quick, Big Dog, on that. I'm not even sure if you're aware of the recent ruling. No, I, I was not aware of it, Coach. Uh, luckily, I don't have a life partner. So I, I really haven't been following it. But I will tell you this. Uh, well, you don't have it, to have a life partner to follow the story. 
Well, if somebody is willing to have to give up half of what they own, yep. if their relationship doesn't work out with somebody else, then let them do it, as far as I'm concerned. Let them, if those people are willing to do that, then they should have whatever rights that they want to. Uh-huh. You know what, I, I do think that a relationship, I mean, like, uh, a relationship should be between a man and a woman and all that, but if somebody else thinks differently, you know, let them. I, I don't, don't want to. No, I do. Hold on, no, no, coach. That's it's my own personal right to, to feel. Uh, well, wait, wait, go back to what a you man said. And a woman. But if a man and a man wants to do it, that's their own right. Just I don't really care well, about it. Leave me alone. I don't right. really need to care. If and if they want legal rights, let them have it. I could care less about it. But okay? uh, that's a very mature, mature attitude. But let me go back to what you just said. Besides tradition, and besides that's the way it's always been done. I remember I used to just hate when my parents would use that as an argument for not doing so. Well, that's just the way we've always done it. You know, that's tradition. Well, I don't give a damn about tradition. If it makes sense, then let's do it. And this applies to much more things than, than the gay marriage issue. But don't tell me, you know, just because that's the way it's always been done, that we're going to do it or that's the tradition of this particular activity. If it makes sense, do it. If it doesn't, change it. So i got to go back to what you said. What Beyond tradition or this, that's the way it should be, what? What is the reason that marriage should only be between a man and a woman? No, no, like I said, for me, marriage should be between a man and a woman. But if somebody else wants to do it, let them go do it. Absolutely. I, I, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm sick of other people trying to dictate what everybody else does mm-hmm. with their life, okay? I, it, I, it, it bothers me, okay? So if, if a man wants to marry a man, a woman wants to marry a woman, let them do it, mm-hmm. okay? I, I don't understand why everybody else wants to control everybody else's Thank life. You. Thank you. Very, then, very. Okay, okay. And then remember that when we start talking this other part of this whole politics issue. Okay. okay. All right. But, but I, I, I so love the way you put it. It's not... The government always wants to control what everybody else does and how they spend their money and all this stuff. Well, I'm, I'm sick of it. I want government out of our lives. If a guy wants to marry a guy, let mm-hmm. him go do it. Well, I'm going to take issue with you a little bit on that second statement because I think there's some some uh, subversive alternatives in that particular issue. And David Olson has just given me the three signal. They actually just lowered two of the three numbers. Now there's only one digit up. I like the three minutes, but we only have three minutes, so I don't know how far we can get into this big dog. But uh, I, I love your attitude, very mature attitude. It, it's what I like about it, simplistic, very simplistic. But it doesn't affect you. What are these people so upset with? If two guys want to get married, two girls want to get married, they're human beings. If people are in love... They should get married. And how does it affect you? You know, do whatever you want to do. Remember, this is from the, uh, you've heard me say this before, from the musical Hair back in the 60s. A line I will never, ever forget. It was the dad talking to his hippie kid. Hippie dad talking to hippie kid. And he said, do whatever you want to do. Be whatever you want to be. Just don't hurt anybody else. A very simple philosophy on life. I wish many of our conservative uh, friends out there would take that same approach. Well, I wish some of our socialists, I mean, Democratic friends, would take the same approach, too, Coach. Uh, explain a por favor. Uh, this whole, they, they want to tell everybody how to spend their money, control their lives. Uh, you have to get this much insurance, all this other stuff. It, it drives me crazy. Why does, why does government, in terms of marriage, in terms of how you spend your money, how you get taxed, why do they always want to control everything that you do? Well, they think I, they're smarter than you in terms of what you should do with your life and your life choices and your money. Point. And you, you, you blame conservatives. It's all across the board, Coach. Don't just point your finger okay. at the, the oh. conservatives. I'm neither conservative yeah. nor liberal. I'm libertarian. 
and I'm just sick of everybody trying to tell everybody yeah. what to do. No, I, I, the government stay out of our life. I will agree. I will agree with your uh, early statement, not the government stay out of your life. I'll agree with the statement that it's not just conservatives across the board politically. We are a mess. The only thing I would say to that, and we're down to about 45 seconds, is sometimes big dog government has to step in to protect the little guy, the guy without a say, the middle class, the low middle class, the lower class against the powerful. That when government is doing its job as its best, they do need to make rules and regulations to protect you, me, and the other little people around. Well, that's the, the, the only reason why the government is there is for personal protection. That's the only reason why government is supposed to be here, according to our founding fathers. Mm-hmm. And I hate to tell you, if the government keeps on doing the stuff that they have been doing lately, there will be no middle class anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, the big dog Joel Rodwanski has come up. That's a heck of a statement to make with 50 David Olson shaking his head. we got to... We'll carry that over tomorrow. Big Doll, we got to wrap it up and say goodbye. Uh, let's hope the White Sox can pull one out against Minnesota and your beloved Cub are now on a one-game losing streak. See if they can snap out of it as well. We lost the Big Doll? No. No? Any final thoughts, dog? Say hello to your female friends out there. Uh, hello, female friends. You're killing me. <laughs> All right. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. David Olson, our producer, great job. We need an intern. Somebody sign up for an intern. We need a female intern. Uh, contact us if you're interested. We'll see you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late. Thanks for listening.